What do you smoke out of that thing? Hello and welcome to another episode of Non-Toxic Granola. I'm your host, Linz. It's episode 16! We made it! We're almost to 17. I was born on the 17th. It's going to be a special episode. Just you wait. If you haven't already, please, please, please subscribe on whatever listening platform you are on right now. Please, please, please leave me some reviews. I'm trying to get these stars up, honey. I'm trying to get to that five star rating. Let's go. Please help your girl out. Give my podcast some love. Please share it with a friend. Tell a friend. Share it with your family. Send a link to someone you know would enjoy it. I would really appreciate it if you spread the word, please, because there's only so long I can talk by myself to a microphone knowing there's only a handful of you listening. Quite frankly, it's embarrassing, but for today, today, it's story time. It's story time. The title of the episode says it all, if not the little tidbit I started out the episode with. But just for a quick introduction, stay tuned to hear a story, one of my friend's favorite stories, by the way, where I'm going to expose the sheet out of myself, okay? I'm going to expose the shit out of myself. You're about to hear the duality that was my life for about four years from grade nine to grade 12. Stick around to hear about how I led a double life of being a high-functioning degenerate. And then finishing up with the dreaded intervention. Yes, the intervention from which the quote lends, we found your drug paraphernalia came from. (laughs) It's a doozy. Entertaining, but a doozy. Well, before you, uh... Before you find out all of my deepest, darkest secrets and I embarrass the shit out of myself, let me just say, enjoy the episode! Let's go! What's up? What's up? We're back. Can you hear the traffic in the background? I swear. I swear I live on way too loud of a road, but who am I to complain? At least I'm not in New York, okay? I listen to this one podcast from New York, and all you can hear in the background is, like, ambulance sirens, fire trucks, cop cars, people honking. You know how people get with road rage in New York? Like, you could be stuck in traffic and it's not even your fault. You're, like, the 20th car back and the people behind you will still be laying on the horn like they're in a rush somewhere. And you're like, what the fuck do you want from me? Like, get out and walk, you lazy piece of shit. <laughs> I've only been to New York once. I, I'm not- I'm speaking as if I'm a local who knows the ins and the outs, but that's absolutely not true. Whatever. I live in a relatively small city, so apologies for the background noise. Think of it. You know what? I'm going to suggest that y'all think of it as if they were ocean waves crashing in the background. Like some peaceful white noise. Let's, yeah, I like that. Let's pretend that what you hear, anything you hear in the background, like, or like, you, you know, you, I, I, I can't imitate it. 
They're waves, bitch. They're waves. They're not cars. Run with it. Run with it with me, okay? Okay. How's it been? How's life? It's a weird time of life right now, hey? I feel like we're back in the year of 2020, even though it's 2022. Not on my personal growth scale, though. I feel like I'm definitely progressed past that. I just mean... I talked about it last week, but I'm still pissed that the gyms are closed. Like, can a bitch not just go build a dump truck in peace? Like, (laughs) can a bitch not just go get her abs rippling? Develop some hamstrings because a girl is naturally quad dominant? Like, are these dreams that are really unachievable right now? Ugh whatever whatever I've been getting my serotonin and dopamine in other ways a fun one I uh you know I dabble in photography and modeling and stuff like that but I had a couple off months I would say where I was feeling very uninspired and maybe a little bit depressoed <laughs> And I wasn't really doing either. Like, I didn't really have any photo shoots where I was the photographer or the model for quite a few months there. And I'm getting back into it. And I was really stoked about it. Like, I had a photo shoot with a photographer and videographer. Uh, Check it out. Instagram, Blackwing Visual Media. I've been posting some of them on my Instagram, too. Go check them out at Lindsay Pettis. L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-P-E-T-T-I-S. There's some pretty fire photos, I gotta say. Because I believe photography is really an opportunity to see through somebody else's eye. You see their angle. You see what they would see in the shot. How they capture it. How they edit it. The composition of colors and lighting that they would set up. And yeah, go check them out. Go love up on some of these photos. Because what is life without creative art some of you may not think of photography as art that's fine i paint too bitch (laughs) i post some of my paintings on my main instagram too i'm working on another one Ooh, i just love creative pursuits okay anyway before i carry on i just want to ask have you guys been nurturing your passions hobbies your artistic creative pursuits if you have any Have you been taking care of your mind, body, and soul? And I know that sounds corny, perhaps, but I genuinely mean it. I'm just checking in. Because if I neglect myself in all those capacities, it's a very slippery slope down to depression for me. It's very easy for me to fall back into old negative thinking patterns. Or just become lethargic, almost. When I'm really experiencing a depressive episode, I find it very, very hard to motivate myself to do things that I normally am really passionate about and it just makes it worse you know it's like a negative spiral just a feedback loop where it just gets worse and worse until you break it yourself so I'm just checking in because if you're having a hard time like me right now if you're frustrated with the way of the world right now you're pissed off that the gyms are closed like me I don't know whatever's whatever's been bothering you lately any hardships you're going through, I just want to ask, have you been making the effort and taking the steps 
to be proactive and doing the things that you know are going to make you feel better. Mm, just to check in. Just just making sure. Just your little granola mama making sure my babies are doing okay. Okay? Because we're all in it together. We're all just chonking through life. Trying to do the best we can. Gotta make the most of it. Yada da mean. Okay. So you've already seen the title of this episode. And that would be Lynn's We Found Your Drug Paraphernalia. It's story time! It's story time, little granola bean sprouts. You little non-toxic granola little turds. I say that in the most loving, respectful way. Respectfully! You little granola nuggets. (laughs) You little dingleberries. Again, respectfully. I mean that with compassion. It's story time. I'm about to expose the shit out of myself. And I mean expose myself. I mentioned, I gave a brief teaser. I gave a hint about this episode a little while ago, back in episode 9, titled, Bro, what did you put in those brownies? In which I told another story involving uh, uh, the drugs. If you haven't already listened to that episode, go check it out, please. It was a really popular one. We talk about magic mushrooms. Uh, The first time I ever experienced magic mushrooms against my will. Uh, Hence the title, Bro, What Did You Put In Those Brownies? And we have a good, scientific, informative, educational moment about DMT, which is another psychedelic. Perhaps you've heard of it as the spirit molecule. No, I'm not Joe Rogan. Don't even try me. Somebody else asked me that. They were like, like, LMAO, what are you, the new Joe Rogan? And I was like, fuck yourself. (laughs) No. They were like, you should, they're like, you should do DMT and record a podcast. And I was like, do you want to see me die? <laughs> no. You know what I would do, though? I would take psilocybin and record a podcast. I would do magic mushrooms and record a podcast. But I think I would want to do it with somebody else. Because I think that the... Uh, did you hear that wave? <laughs> that was a big-ass wave okay that was a truck sorry sorry about it listen what i'm trying to say is if anybody wants to do shrooms with me and record a podcast episode where we have just existential crises and banter i can't say it'll be constructive or cohesive even rational it'd be entertaining as hell for you guys It'd probably just be a bunch of (laughs) where we we would be talking and we'd think that we were coming up with the most insightful things. You know, when you think that you just figured out the world, you're like, ah, I just, I just figured it out. I just figured it out. I figured out the formula. You're like, call me Albert Einstein. I just figured it out. And then everyone else listening is like, yeah, we know. (laughs) They're like, yeah, that's not new information. You could have Googled that. Oh. But it would be 
funny as hell. So I'm serious. Especially any of my friends listening right now. Please. Or, you know what? I, it, I'm sorry. It would have to be somebody that I actually feel comfortable with, I think. Because otherwise, uh, my anxious ass would just be like, Ooh, I'm very hypercritical of myself right now and too self-aware. <laughs> but seriously, hit me up. Hit me up for the shrooms episode because the people asked for it and we have to give it to them. I'm just trying to meet, I'm just trying to meet the requests of the people. Just a philanthropist, really. But anyway, today we're bringing it back to the theme of psychedelics. This time, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be an embarrassing one, to be honest. I've been a little bit dreading talking about this, but also, it's for the people, okay? Because one of my friends, Sylvia, I've talked about this wonderful human before. We guided together. We used to ski together. We're from the same hometown. Uh, and I, the first time I told her this story, she laughed for multiple minutes on end. Like, this this girl was in tears laughing. And... If, if I may quote, she says, this is my favorite story ever. So shout out, Sylvia. This one's for you, honey boo. <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> I'm so scared. Okay, I don't even know where to start. Let me say. I've also talked previously on episodes about how I don't really, I'm really, really not an alcohol drinker. When it comes to substances of choice, my go-to, my prime selection always involved that loud, that <coughs> that that chronic, you know what I'm saying? That ooid. I don't know why I'm speaking so secretively, like I'm not about to just tell you a whole story about it. So let me just get it out of the way. I... I, uh, yeah, I could have been described as a stoner for many years of my life, but no longer, no longer. But let me tell you, I'm from this tiny ass town on Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. This town is called the Comox Valley. Those of you who know, understand that this place is could it's trash it's kind of trash if you're an outdoors person it's not trash but you kind of have to be like a privileged outdoors per- you know what i'm saying like it's not really is ac- accessible that's a lie let me back up growing up in the valley can be really awesome or it wasn't awesome there was like two sides of the coin there's a bunch of lakes, rivers, surrounded by ocean and beaches. There's the mountain called Mount Washington with world-class skiing, snowboarding, cross-country skiing. You know, I did. I was a cross-country ski racer for a while there. People might think I'm crazy for saying that. If you don't even know what it is, Google it. So I'm going to be honest, like obviously... I was very privileged to be able to have access to a lot of these outdoor activities, right? Like I grew up... Living the life of duality. And you're going to understand what I mean by that. 
I lived the life of duality in the sense that I was an athlete, I was a high achiever in academics and extracurriculars, in music. I did a lot of things. I was very privileged to be able to do a lot of things and I'm very thankful for that. Um, And I grew up in a really outdoorsy family who would, they called it the triple F, forced family fun. (laughs) I'd be like, I don't want to go. And they'd be like, they'd pull the triple F card. They'd be like, no, it's forced family fun time. This is not optional. And we would go road biking, mountain biking. We'd go hiking. We'd go skiing. Like they had me on skis like as soon as I could walk, right? Like very privileged. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. This was a very, very privileged thing that I got to do. And so my parents lived by the motto, keep her busy so she can't get in trouble. That was what they thought was going on. They thought if we make this kid do every sport under the sun and every activity possible so that this bitch is busy from the moment she wakes up until the moment she goes to bed, then she can't get into trouble. (laughs) Ha ha! That was the joke on them. Joke's on them because get you a girl who can do both is what i say i was that bitch i was that bitch who could do both okay i was living the life of duality honey at the end of the day this was a really small town it's growing now but it was a really small town and aside from the outdoors things there was absolutely nothing to do i'm talking our mall pretty much consisted of like a grocery store a drug store and then some like old ladies clothing stores that eventually went out of business. And oh, there was a in the there was a there was two malls, but again, they were the same. It was like pretty much a grocery store, a glorified grocery store with a couple add-ons, like a pharmacy, <laughs> a drugstore, um <clears throat> and some shitty stores that no one really wanted to go to. The other one had like a cinnamon bun place and that was dope. But again, not much to do. Okay? This wasn't This wasn't like kids, I can't even actually fathom people who grew up in cities. I cannot imagine people who went to school in a city and they'd leave their school with their friends and be able to just walk around a city and go chill at the mall or be able to just get into like fun in a city and have every, there'd be so many people around, you know, because everything's in walking distance. I cannot imagine that. Comox Valley is spread out as shit. It would take, even though it has a really low population, there's like, what, like 60,000 people that live there? Maybe. Maybe that's changed since I left seven years ago, because I got out of there as fast as I fucking could when I was 18. But essentially, it it would take you like 30 to 40 minutes to drive from one side of the valley to the other, even though it was like really low population density. So you couldn't, there was no walking around, there was no walking to your friend's house, there was no, oh, like, meet me downtown, like, da, da Like, no, it took me, like, from my house, it took probably, like, 15 to 20 minutes to get to, like, the downtown of, of like, the bigger part of the, the valley. And there was nothing to do there, okay? There was nothing to do but get into trouble. In come the other side of the coin. <laughs> Are you staying with me? Are you with me? Because this is about to be... A long story and so I, I I'm, 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 I'm gonna try and keep it concise but it's it's really hard because you know how my mind works we're all over the map there's too many different little streams of thought processes and I did not script this or write this down in advance 
I probably should have written it down in advance so that I could be very, very to the point. But where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in that? Because I know a lot of you little babies have uh, neurodivergencies as well. And this is more fun for everyone, right? Right? Right. Oops, 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 oops. I just hit a coffee cup. I'm just trying to caffeinate myself so that I can sound like even more of a crackhead. Respectfully. I don't mean... Don't come from... Don't cancel me for saying crackhead. I don't... uh, uh, I'm scared. This political correctness thing is kind of scary to me. Anyway. Trouble. There was nothing to do. If you wanted to hang out with your friends, unless it was... Unless it was like, hey, let's go chill at the river where you'd in the summertime, in the summertime, you'd be like chilling at the river, just swimming, laying on the side of the river. You'd be like, hey, let's go to the beach, just chilling at the beach. Hey, let's go to the lake, just chilling at the lake. Hey, let's go on a hike here. You know, bring snacks, go for like a walk. Or, and then when we got older, let's go for a drive let's go park here and chill with everyone okay just actual skid shit okay everyone was a skid and when we got older and had cars was when we really could be proficient in getting in trouble but don't don't let that fool you we were all getting into trouble long before anyone even had a driver's license okay we were sneaky with that shit too we were we were sneaky with it So, as you probably know, if you listened to episode 9 already, the first time I did shrooms was when I was 14. I was in grade 9, and I was in school. Like, it was at school. Okay? So, that should tell you everything you need to know already. So, it should come as no surprise to you that the first time I started smoking weed was also in grade 9 when I was 14. And that was, you know, you know perhaps not surprising to you that was me being a late bloomer okay there was people that I knew in the valley who started doing this shit when they were like 11 like 11 12 people were like getting into shit like this and so finally my one of my friends finally corrupted me I caved to peer pressure in grade nine and after that the rest was history I was hooked because we all know how escapism works don't we some people there's many different modes of escapism and numbing yourself kind of or just allowing yourself to separate yourself from reality for a while some people for some people it's drinking for some people it's binge watching tv for some people it's video gaming for some people it's doing drugs perhaps even harder drugs right it could look a lot of different ways but for me that was the beginning of me uh misusing weed to escape reality and i mean at the time i tell you this now because i realized that it was quite harmful i was using it in a harmful way it wasn't like it wasn't like a once every like once a year I would just do it for fun like this was like a chronic thing it became chronic like I became a stoner and don't 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 forget though don't forget about my duality honey don't forget about the fact that I could do both because don't think don't think that I was throwing my life away 
It's not like that. This wasn't ruining my life. I'm not comparing this to, like, an actual, like, really hard drug addiction where you your life crumbles and you lose everything and everyone. I'm not, I'm not comparing it to that. I recognize the different levels of addiction or escapism uh, or substance abuse, right? And you might laugh. You might laugh when I say substance abuse along with weed. But maybe don't, don't be too quick to laugh, okay? Because just like anything, it could be misused. Like, you could eat, you could, food. Binging food is another form of abusing something. Like, eating so much sugar, like, eating, eating too much food is another kind of thing of being, like, you're numbing yourself. You are, oftentimes, like, binge eating is associated with, like, trying to cope with like unwanted negative emotions and feelings like it's not anything could be done and be overused in an unhealthy way so 14 years old it all begins i have this friend (laughs) i love you bitch you know who you are if you're listening i need to make up a nickname for her because i'm trying not to expose the shit out of her too hmm i'm gonna just call her flower child okay Everyone would be like, okay, like, sesh at Flower Child's house, right? Like, everyone would go chill. Because also because it was literally a five-minute walk from the river. So, in any time, it would be, like, a river day. We would all meet up at Flower Child's house. <laughs> and her dad knew what the fuck was going on, but did not really care as much. And so, didn't say anything. So, the first time I ever smoked weed, this Flower Child girl was like, Lindsay, come over to my house. We're going to have a sleepover two nights in a row. We're going to have a double header sleepover because the first time you smoke weed, you don't actually get high. So we need to smoke it two times. So we're going to smoke both nights so that the second night you're actually going to be high and you're going to feel it. And I was like, bet. Okay. Anytime away from my house that I can get, I will cherish. Like I was like, please, dear God. Yes. Let me sleep over there as many nights in a row as I can. So we're over there. It's nighttime. <laughs> it's like dark out. Like dark, dark. We waited. We wait till nightfall. So suspicious. This is actually so suspicious. I'm really surprised her dad didn't say anything. And we're like, all right. To her dad, we're like, okay, bye. Like, we're going to take the dogs for a walk. We're going to go for a walk at the river. Nothing suspicious going on here. We go out, take her dogs. This bitch stashed, she thought she was smooth with it. She stashed her little container with weed and a pipe in it under a random fallen log in the forest, okay? I'm really surprised we didn't lose it. We're going out. She's like, hold on, I need to find it. She starts scavenging in the dark, like lifting up shit and logs and being like, where the fuck did I put it? She finally finds it under this log. She's like, aha, and pulls out this little like Tupperware container full of shit. She's like, all right, now we can go. We go walk down the forest a little bit more back towards the river and we start smoking out of her pipe. It was hilarious. But we start walking back. Again, we'd been gone for probably like 30 minutes, like 40 minutes. Start walking back. She's like, wait, we need to mask the smell. (laughs) This girl had me rubbing my body on trees and leaves. 
She's like, we have to rub ourselves on the tree sap and the leaves to get rid of the smell as if that would do anything. But I was like, oh, okay, 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 right? I'm a newbie. I didn't know how this really works. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm quite literally a tree hugger in that moment, right? We're we're hugging these trees. We're like rubbing, rubbing leaves on us. And she's like, okay, perfect. Now we're good to go home. Stash the container of weed and pipe again under another log. Hilarious. She's like, we can't have it in the house because he'll smell it. Meanwhile, her dad's, like, growing pot plants. Okay, whatever. Stashes it under another log. We go back and go back to her, her room in bed and just giggle. Just laugh for hours. Again, so suspicious. But whatever. We thought we were smooth with it. We really thought we were doing a good job of hiding it. But again, in hindsight, her dad knew and just didn't really care. And he was like, I'd rather they be doing it somewhere where I know that they're safe. So, <laughs> that was the first weekend that I ever got high. And from then on, it became a problem. Pretty much every time I'd go over to Flower Child's house, we'd be probably getting high. Every time we would go to the river, we'd be getting high. Every time we would go on like a walk or a hike somewhere, we would get to the top of our hike and then reward ourselves with getting high and eating a shit ton of snacks before running down the mountain, surprisingly not tripping and dying from a lack of coordination. And that was the thing. It would be scenic tokes. And that was a trend in the valley too. Everyone would call it scenic tokes. At at one point, people were posting this shit on their Instagram. It'd be like scenic tokes, but everyone would have like bongs or something. And they would just post pictures of them at scenic spots in nature around the valley, just taking the fattest bong tokes. And it was hilarious to me. If it wasn't scenic tokes, it was clouds over Comox. (laughs) Get it? You know what the clouds are, right? You're following me? Are are you still with me? Are you still with me? Clouds over Comox. Even like this one dude I knew (laughs) made that his Instagram handle, clouds over Comox. And his entire Instagram feed was just taking scenic bong tokes. And this shit is hilarious to me because that's all anyone could do. This is what I'm saying. There was nothing to do in the valley except for chill in nature and get high. It was weird if you didn't smoke weed. Like, I we, I had, like, one friend who didn't smoke weed, and she got bullied for it. This chick got roasted for not caving to peer pressure, and eventually she caved, when, I think, in, like, first year university or something. Actually, that's a lie. Maybe it was grade 12. Eventually, this bitch caved, like everyone else did. But it wasn't, it was just the thing. It was the norm. If you didn't smoke weed, you weren't from the valley. Weed might as well be from Comox, okay? Clouds over Comox. <laughs> Hilarious. Some people didn't have the duality mastered, you know? Obviously, the stoner stereotype of people who are really unproductive and lazy, those people obviously exist. But I'm telling you right now, my entire friend group and the majority of people that I went to school with because I was in French immersion too, right? So, um, like, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, like, probably, like, quite privileged folk, because their parents made the effort to enroll us all in French immersion from kindergarten to grade 12, and the school that we went to was probably one of the more privileged schools in the valley, and so there was a lot of pressure on us from our families to be successful and to be performing highly in every aspect of our lives, and so literally everyone I knew in my friend group in my school they were all masters of this duality nobody from the outside perspective you'd be like these are impeccable students they have hobbies and pursuits 
they're athletic and on sports teams, right? Like, it got to the point where it would be normal for us to all leave at lunchtime, get high, come back and go to class. Or, like, some people would, like, get high before even coming to school in the morning. They would, like, wake and bake, go to class, go at lunch again to get high again, go back to class. Like, it's not like we were getting high and skipping school. Like, we were getting high to do school. And we were all getting good grades. Like, most of my friends had, like, we all had straight A's. Like, I'm talking a big, I'm talking guys and girls. There was, like, probably, like, 15 to 20 of us that were all doing this shit, okay? And I'm talking from, like, literally grade 9 through to grade 12. Like, all of, all of these years. Because our high school was grade 8 to 12. We didn't have middle school. We went straight from elementary school to high school. So, all through... So, and again, most people started in grade 8. I was a late bloomer joining in grade 9. But all through grade 8 to grade 12, this was the norm. Everyone was just high-functioning stoners. And again, like I said, when we got cars, it got to the point where it would be like, where are we meeting tonight? And then everyone would drive their cars to some location, some scenic spot, either by the ocean or some lookout on a cliffside <laughs> somewhere, somewhere where there wasn't like a lot of houses or traffic everyone would park in some cul-de-sac or at the beach parking spot parking lot and everyone would just chill and get high at night and just talk or like sit everyone would like sit in someone's car we'd like hot box the car and then wait for like we'd just be chilling for a couple hours until everyone was like good to drive and everyone then everyone would just go home that was all there was to do this one dude that i knew in our in our friend group I think when we were in grade 10 or 11, he had saved up and bought this big white GMC van. <laughs> he called it the Trap Mobile. <laughs> and he just had incense and weed in there. And this was where everyone went to go get baked at like at our breaks, right? He'd be like, "Oh, like we're going to the Trap Mobile. Anyone want to come?" And we would just go hotbox the shit out of his van. We'd go drive, we'd like leave school property. We'd drive like around the corner to like a little suburb nearby, park this trap mobile. It was like a sketchy, like a white, like stalker van. Do you know, if you saw this and it, you saw it just parked on the side of the road, you'd be tempted to call the cops because you'd be like, is this somebody trying to abduct my children? But no, alas, it was just a bunch of high functioning degenerates getting baked before going back to school to try and get them A's, to chase them grades, okay? You got to do what you got to do to cope. <laughs> and this was like a social it was like a social contract that this is just what this is just what social interactions consisted of in the valley you know you'd be like everyone would be like river day you'd go there would be like a hundred people like a hundred kids from all the different high schools in the valley just chilling at the river everyone getting baked and drinking like i didn't again i didn't really drink but that's just what it was that's all there was to do hilarious right now income duality again like i said for the most part especially at like the school that i went to because like i said it was like the very it was a very privileged demographic for the most part and all of our parents thought they were so proud of all of us right they just thought that we were these good little behaving kids that were just performing well they just they are they're like great my child is doing well in school my child's performing well in their activities and extracurriculars 
perfect. Like, whew, I'm doing a great job at parenting. <laughs> you know, they're all like patting themselves on the back. Meanwhile, all of us would be, you, it would be even to the point, people would like get baked before going home to just like have family dinners. I'm not, okay, when I tell you this stuff, I'm, I'm really sincerely not trying to brag. I'm not trying to come off as cocky. I actually think this is hilarious just because of the sheer like <laughs> multifaceted versions of myself that only certain people knew about. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like I was living a double life. I was a double agent. Call me James Bond, bitch. I was 007. I was 007 in this bitch. I was living a double life. And my parents only knew about one of them. And then all of my other friends knew about my other side of myself. What what my other side of the coin was like, right? I did such a good job of hiding that shit for so long. Now, like I said, I'm really not bragging. I recognize my privilege that I was able to even do all of these activities and things. I am very thankful. And I recognize that these are not opportunities that everyone has. I'm not bragging. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Hear me out, okay? So I uh, was put into so many activities. I was playing soccer. I was swimming. I was doing gymnastics. I, and then I quit gymnastics and soccer when I was probably in grade eight and nine because they were too hard on my body. Like I had really bad knee problems. Um, so I, I like quit rep soccer in grade eight and then I quit competitive gymnastics at the end of grade nine. And then in grade 10, I just did it like gymnastics for fun. Like I just went to open gym kind of thing or like did it just without competing. And then I was in, yeah, I was mountain biking with my dad. I was road biking with my dad and we were going for hikes and kayak trips with both of my parents. And then, like I said, like they had me skiing since I was a child. So we would be, I downhill skied, snowboarded, and did cross-country skiing. So for those of you that don't know, there's two types of cross-country skiing. There's skate skiing and classic skiing. And so pretty much every single weekend, like in the winter, every weekend we were up the mountain skiing. And in the summertime, every weekend, if I wasn't at a soccer game earlier, it was family hikes family bike rides like my mom would come early but she has a bad neck so she like when I got older she like couldn't really come as much because she couldn't keep up to us for the longer distances but yeah we would like go for bike rides we'd go for family walks we would do all these things like there would always be something going on and then I was in music as well so I played guitar I took guitar lessons and and then in grade eight I joined band I get roasted like shit for for being a band geek but i stand by it i enjoyed the hell out of band i miss it i actively miss it okay i played the alto saxophone and i joined the jazz band which is an extracurricular thing i joined jazz band so i would be at school like an hour and a half before school even started i would be at school from like 7 7 30 a.m having jazz band practice like two times a week before school then i would have school and after I'd quit gymnastics because I needed something else in my life, competitive, to like push me to be on top of my shit, I joined the competitive cross-country ski team. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm still a stoner this whole time, okay? I would wake up, go to school at like 7.30 a.m., 7 a.m., 
couple days a week for jazz band practice then I would go to school all day then I would go directly to sports practice like I would go directly to ski practice we would either be like running at the track or we would be doing plyometrics up this fat ass hill at this park like this nature park called seal bay park we would be like doing like one-legged jumps or like running or sprinting or like jumping lunges all the way up this hill or we would be like roller skiing which is essentially like skate skiing but like on pavement they're like glorified roller skates kind of or we would be running or we'd be biking or then in the in the ski season we'd be like up the mountain and so that was like literally four out of five days monday to friday i would be training for like two hours after school on the weekends we'd be training for like three hours on saturday and like four hours on sunday and then on the weekends that would even look like we would be up the mountain because we'd have a morning practice and an afternoon practice so we'd be training from like 9 30 a.m and then we wouldn't leave the mountain until like 4 30 p.m you know i'd come home and then i'd have to do all this homework so i'd come home we'd have like i'd help make dinner we'd eat i'd shower and then i would spend the rest of my evening doing homework because you best believe your bitch was getting mostly straight a's until i got really depressed at the end of grade 12 but whatever that's a different story then i really stopped giving a fuck because i was put on antidepressants and my entire life went to shit because i was not myself i turned into a psychopath and i'm going to talk about that on an episode soon i'm going to talk about my experiences with antidepressants but for the most part your bitch was killing it okay 007 going hard in the paint i was performing well but i was a degenerate i was a degenerate i was a high functioning degenerate (laughs) okay now i hit it successfully from grade 8 until grade 12. no excuse me grade 9 to grade 12. so like four years essentially four years i was living a double life where externally nobody who was not my friend like any adult would not have known what was going on and but then all of my friends we were all doing this shit like everyone was just a chronic stoner but high functioning i hit it so well until grade 12. so as i briefly mentioned how i was really i became i had a very severe depressive episode in grade 12 and then halfway through grade 12 like probably like december of grade 12 so right uh, like right at the end of 2014 oh gosh 2014 beginning of 2015 was when i the first time i ever took antidepressants and this fucked me up it was not a good experience at all and i'm gonna elaborate on exactly what kind of shit went down and how i experienced it and what was happening and how it affected me in another episode but all you need to know is that i did not give a fuck i did not give a flying fuck about anything maybe i wasn't as depressed as i was before but i also wasn't happy and it quite frankly increased my suicidal ideations which is terrifying i was also smoking weed the whole time which is absolutely not recommended and that probably had something to do with why it was so bad but i got sloppy okay i got sloppy with it i stopped being careful i didn't give a shit i was coping and self-medicating by being even more of a stoner than i'd ever been like i was very heavily using (laughs) 
weed and i'm saying using because at the way at the way i was using it in the way i was using it was absolutely maladaptive it was not healthy it was very bad and i stopped giving a shit like i would yeah i would come home high as fuck i would like be you know what i'm saying like i just got really sloppy with it i like smoked weed in my parents car like thinking that they just wouldn't smell it i got super fucking lazy with it now at one point my parents started dropping hints that they knew something but they were trying to fuck with me they would this would they were trying to mind fuck me and play on my paranoia not funny kind of funny they they were trolling me it started out as things like i'd come home and my dad would like come running up to me pretty much i'm not running but he would like immediately come to the front door as soon as he heard me come in and would just like get up in my face and be looking at my eyes and be like why are your eyes so glassy why are your eyes so red why are your eyes so glassy and i'd be like i would deny i was like deny till i fucking die i was like deny till i die i was like i don't know nothing I'd be like, oh, I'm just, like, sad. Or, like, oh, I'm just allergies. Whatever, right? I'd be like, or I'd, like, gaslight. I would, like, low-key gaslight them. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I'd act like they were the ones that were delusional. And this was probably about a week. This was probably a a time span of about a week where they were just dropping hints about the fact that they knew something was up. But I was denying and not... I was like, I'm not divulging any information unless this is already something that you know about, right? I'm not about to incriminate myself. I know you're... I was like, I know you're fishing for information, I'm not gonna give this shit up, bitch. I'm 007. This is James Bond in this bitch. I'm leading that double life. And so I was like, whew, whew, that was a close call, right? That was a close call. Nope. It, nope. I didn't, I didn't evade the intervention. (laughs) Okay. Now, this is where the story gets really juicy. This shit was fucked up. I was blindsided by what they said in this next part of the story. And I hope you are also blindsided and shook. This this caught me off guard. Nothing could have prepared me for this. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There, I still don't understand, honestly, how they even could have come to this conclusion. Buckle up. Let's go. Get ready. This is about, it's about to take a fucking unexpected turn stay with me are you still with me i know this has been a long run-up but we're about to get to the juiciest part (laughs) i hope you've been enjoying my tangents and asides and the context that i provided it's it's important for you to fully understand the picture okay so this brings us to the night of the intervention (laughs) it's so fucked the intervention I'm having flashbacks. This shit's hilarious. In hindsight, this is absolutely comedic gold. This is pure comedy gold, okay? So I'm we had just had dinner because we my my parents always insisted that we eat dinner together as a family, right? There was no oh, I already ate kind of thing or like oh, I'm going to make my own food because I don't want to eat this. Like this was non-negotiable. Like I would get my ass whooped if I tried to dip out on family dinner because they were very much like this is a core foundation in keeping the family unit close and together. By the way, I have a half brother who's older than me. So he's been like, he's like 
35. So for the most part, I'm an only, I was raised almost as an only child because my brother had like been so much older. And um, so just for context, yeah, it was just the, it's just the three of us at home at this point, living at home. Because my brother has his own wife and ch- children now, right? Um, so we had just had family dinner, and it was my job. Like I always had to clear the table and wash all the like wash the dishes and load the dishwasher and clean up after, right? So my parents are still sitting at the dinner table and our kitchen is like right beside there's you know what I mean like the dining room and the kitchen were like pretty much almost the same room. They're still sitting at the table. I am at the sink washing dishes, cleaning up after dinner, and they are silent. I'm like this is really awkward, but what's new in the household, you know? I'm minding my business, washing the dishes, and then my mother breaks the silence. And I could tell they were, like, quiet because they, they're, like, still hoping at this point that I'm just going to, like, fess up and confess and tell them everything. I could, but then it, it almost, like, burst out of my mom. Like, this, she had been trying to hold in for a week at least, if not multiple weeks. She'd been holding this shit in. She bursts out. Like, she couldn't hold it in anymore. This just came out of her. I swear she didn't even try to. It just came out. She says, Lindsay? Linz, we found your drug paraphernalia. And then they stopped. And she stopped talking again. And then silence. In comes silence. Meanwhile, I'm, like, washing dishes, slowing my pace slowly. As I, as I scrub this plate, I'm like, oh, fuck. Here we go. Here we fucking go. I didn't say anything. By the way, the drug paraphernalia that she's referring to was a pipe. Okay? I had a pipe. I used to smoke out of a pipe. It was this cute little dragon pipe. It was like rasta colors. It was green, red, and yellow. And the belly, if you like turned it over, the belly was the bowl. The tail was where you smoked out of. And then the mouth was the choke where you'd put your finger on nicknamed gilbert this was gilbert my pipe okay the homie i had similar to flower child girl i kept my shit in like a tupperware container to try and keep the smell in and so in there i had had i think there was probably like a lighter my pipe and then there was an a prescription bottle from my old antidepressant prescription i was still on them at this point by the way there was a prescription bottle for pharmaceuticals that I had wrapped in like duct tape so you couldn't really see inside of it but there was nothing in there because I was really busy at this point I was I don't know like maybe it was I can't even remember why but I had not actually I had actually not really had weed on me or in my container for like probably like the week the whole week that they were being so sus I actually didn't have any weed on me like I didn't have it in my room I didn't have it in my container so it was like an empty prescription bottle a dusty dirty tar filled pipe because you know I probably did not clean that in the whole time I owned it so it was just like filled with this like nasty resin okay so picture that okay and I kept it in my old toy chest in my bedroom so it was like this big wooden chest that you could like lift up the top and it was like blankets and like old shit in there like random shit and this container that I tried to hide because I was like who snoops through their kids shit when they're like literally 17 or 18 years old right um, I think I was probably 18 at this time. I'd probably just turned 18. My birthday's in March. So my mom says, Linz, 
We found your drug paraphernalia. And in this moment, I knew, here we go. This is a family intervention, isn't it? (laughs) But I'm still not going to confess anything until they try and tell me anything that they know. I'm not going to give up information that's not already known by them. So I don't say anything except for, yeah. I, I slowly, as I'm still washing this dish, look over and I say, yeah. Kind of being like, balls in your court, say what you're going to say. And again, they were, they were still silent for a second. My dad's sitting there with his arms crossed, like one his chin in one hand kind of thing. My mom looks like she's about to cry. Because she's a crybaby like me. <laughs> mom's, a, mom's a water sign. She's a Scorpio. Dad's a cusp. He's on the cusp between uh, Sagittarius and Capricorn, which is an absolutely terrifying combination, by the way. He's literally the day that it changes. Um, pray, for, Everyone pray for me because horrifying, okay? Scary. This man's scary. This is an ex-military dude, like, okay? Don't play with him. Terrifying. Honestly surprised he wasn't the one talking, but he probably was like, okay, to my mom, he was probably like, I'm going to give you a chance to gently approach this before I have to snap on her, Okay. Mom, it was like good cop, bad cop is what I, like, I could describe it as. My parents, good cop, bad cop. So here comes good cop. And I say, yeah. They were silent for a little bit longer. Again, hoping that I was going to just divulge information without further prompting. And my mom burst out again. Like, she, again, could not hold it in. She says, what do you smoke out of that thing? Crack? <laughs> I was like, what? I, I actually could not contain my shock. I was like, I, I almost yelled, what? It came out of me. I was like, what? In disbelief. Utter disbelief. I was like, this, this woman did not just ask me if I smoke a crack pipe. This woman did not just accuse me of being a high-functioning crack addict. No fucking way. I almost was like, I almost had to clear out my ears. I was like, do I need to go get a Q-tip and clean out my ears? There's no way I heard that right. I'm sorry. Did my mother just ask me if I smoke crack cocaine? Oh my gosh. I almost lost it. I almost laughed. I almost laughed out loud. And then I was like, this is not the moment to laugh. I will get my ass beat. I said, what? No. And then at this moment, it made more sense for me to just fess up because I was like, okay, wow, they really think it's a lot worse than it actually is. So it would be just covering my ass to be honest about what actually is going on. Because in hindsight, I've said hindsight way too many fucking times. In retrospect, if they thought that I was smoking crack out of that pipe this whole time, them finding out that I'm actually just a weed smoker is going to seem very, very, very mild in comparison. So I was like, this is actually the perfect opportunity for me to come clean. She says, what are you smoking out of that thing? Crack? On On the point, she's almost at a breaking point. Like this woman was on the verge of a mental breakdown because she thought her daughter was a fucking crack addict. I said, what? No, weed. You know what I'm saying? I was like, no, I smoke weed out of that thing. That thing being my pipe. I was like, what? No, weed. (laughs) I still can't believe what's happening right now. 
And then my dad says, oh. <laughs> my mom goes, huh. They take a moment to process it, right? I'm still looking at them in disbelief like, oh my gosh, is this what you think of me? Calculating my next move on how to do some damage control <laughs> in this situation. And then immediately, it like disarmed them immediately. I thought that this moment in time when I told them that I was actually smoking weed, I thought this was going to be my death. I thought this was going to be the moment that I received the punishment and disciplining of a lifetime. However, they almost did me a favor by assuming that I smoked crack out of that pipe. Because then, when I told them it was just weed, it seemed very harmless in comparison. (laughs) In contrast to their belief of me being a fucking crack addict, that finding out that I just smoked weed out of that pipe was was a wonderful relief to them. So they were immediately disarmed. They say, "Oh." My mom sits there for a sec. She's like, she's like, "What?" She's like, "What happened to marijuana cigarettes?" Aha! Both of my parents are born in the 50s, okay? My dad is 70 years old. I know that's shocking considering I'm only 24. But like I said, my brother's 20, 35. Or like, fuck, he's even almost older. I think he's like 37 now. Dear Lord. Okay. And my mom's like, uh, she's like 64. About to be 65. Actually, she is 65 now. No, she's 64. Fuck. You know what? I'm sorry. Birthdays and ages aren't my thing. Listen, they're old as shit is what I'm saying. So that was, again, a moment I had to hold in laughter. I was like, marijuana cigarettes? Excuse me? <laughs> who says marijuana cigarettes anyway for those of you who don't understand that term she meant a joint (laughs) she was like trying to say what happened to joints or like why don't people just smoke out of like a rolled fucking spliff i i i was laughing on the inside at this point and i was like (laughs) i was like i don't know like a lot of people use pipes now and my mom was like oh They're still processing. My dad, having a economically oriented mind, immediately goes, hmm, how much does it cost? Like, he starts thinking about how much money I've been spending on this habit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he immediately starts thinking about the finances. He's like, how much does it cost? And I, I had to be like, I really don't want to talk about this, dad. Like, I, I don't, th- that's really not important. <laughs> I had to be like, please, please don't ask me these questions right now. And, um... And then, and then it, and then my mom like went back into like, oh, parenting mode again. And she's like, she's like, you're throwing your life. She went back. The mildness of it wore off. And then they realized that it was still a drug. And they were like, aren't you're throwing your, like, are this really the path you want your life to, to be? Like, are you throwing your life away? Da, 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 da. Because meanwhile, they're thinking this is a recent habit, right? They're probably associating it with my depressive episode and how fucked I've been on antidepressants. They, they probably think that it's a recent thing, right? Maybe that's why they thought I was a crack addict. I don't know. Did you get the foreshadowing at the beginning of the episode, by the way? Did you get how I mentioned crack addict at one point? Did you get that? That was foreshadowing, baby. Your baby. Your baby is fucking a linguist. She's an English literature genius. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm absolutely joking. I really am not. Anyway, she goes, you're th- aren't you throwing your life away? Like, what about all the things you wanted to accomplish? 
what are you doing with your life? Became concerned again, being like, you're a degenerate. And they have the stereotype in their mind where, like, anyone who smokes weed is just a burden on society because they live off of stimulus checks and welfare and don't have jobs and are just lazy sacks of shit and yeah don't get me wrong there are people like that but i was like you don't know you don't know how we do it in comox do you honey i'm thinking of like all of my friends (laughs) who are all doing this and still getting like impeccable accomplishments done and i was like so i in this moment again just like how i had to expose myself because it was gonna it was gonna diffuse the situation I had to double down. In this moment, I had to double down. I thought to myself, you know, my motto was deny till I die, but in this moment, in order to diffuse the situation, I think I need to double down. AKA, expose myself even more. I could have been a fucking lawyer, okay? I could have been a goddamn lawyer. Because... I was thinking about the logics of it, and I was formulating my arguments to make my case as best as I could. I'm still trying to redeem myself from the crack accusation, okay? I took that shit personally. I was like, is this what you think of me? You think I'm a fucking high-functioning crack addict? First of all, I don't know anybody in this world who could be this high-functioning while being addicted to crack fucking cocaine, but okay. I was like, simultaneously flattered and offended all at once i was like that's really nice of you to think that i could be doing all the things that i'm doing well right now while also abusing crack but let's be honest that's not possible (laughs) that's really not that possible maybe there's a few specimens out there also living that 007 life on worse drugs but it ain't me so i was like i need to redeem myself i need to use my logical thinking and really really state my case to redeem myself i need to clear my name at this point i was like i need to clear my name unfortunately clearing my name meant that i had to expose myself more it was like it had to get worse before it got better okay so i say again i'm like waiting for my dad to just like go off at me i'm terrified i sit there i came and i came and sat down because they were like come sit down stop washing the fucking dishes and come sit down I like take a deep breath after she asks me if I'm throwing my life away and I say respectfully I literally had to say respectfully I was like I need to be as polite as possible to avoid further abuse (laughs) okay I said respectfully I have been smoking weed for the past four years and you haven't noticed because I am still performing well in school in sport and in any extracurricular that i do like jazz band i am still living a life that you deem successful and productive i am functioning highly and i have been also smoking weed for the past four years and you haven't noticed I have been fine for the past four years, and I will be fine for the next four years. But thank you for your concern. I hear you. And I trumped them with that one. They were stumped. They were like, oh, fuck. Their brains imploded for a second. First of all, because they were like, oh, shit. We have not noticed that our child is using a substance since she was 14, and now she's 18. And they were also like, 
that seems re- that's actually quite rational that is a sound argument they were you know what i'm saying they were like that argument is sound <laughs> you know what my dad said and again i thought he i was about to get yelled at my dad says fair enough i never thought i was gonna hear those words he says <clears throat> fair enough holy shit I'm still, meanwhile, I was maintaining composure this whole time, but I was shitting myself on the inside. I finish cleaning up the dishes and I go downstairs because I'm like, Kate, my quote, drug paraphernalia has likely been confiscated. I was like, R.I.P. Gilbert, my little peep, my little peep. I go downstairs to immediately check where I had left it to see if they'd taken it, to see if it would been, had been thrown out. I was like, <sighs> I was really emotionally attached to little Gilbert. My little Rasta dragon was my companion in life. It, Gilbert got me through some things. You, you, you hear me? I go check. Nope, the container is still there. And then everything started making sense when I opened it. Everything about the week leading up to this intervention made sense. They were hoping that I would go to use my pipe and smoke weed and that I would have noticed something. Yet, for that week, I was not, I didn't have any weed in the house. I didn't use my pipe. Like, yeah, that one time we went for the run, like, that was flower child's shit that she brought. So it was in her car, at her house type shit. It wasn't mine. So, it made sense that they had dropped a bomb. They had left a hint. Like, they thought that they were Sherlock's fucking Holmes. Sherlock's Holmes? Sherlock Holmes. Can't pronounce things, okay? They left a little tidbit, a juicy little tidbit that they were hoping that I would find. And then that the guilt and shame of it all would make me confess. And they just had to give paranoid prompts to try and help me along in the process of... <laughs> confessing my sins but I hadn't I had not gone to look at it until after this intervention I go down there I look guess what the fuck was in my container of drug paraphernalia you won't guess you won't guess this shit is hilarious to me my sweet little mother had taken the time after finding it to write on a piece of paper she ripped off a little piece of paper and left me a little note. They didn't take it away. They didn't confiscate it. They left me a note. They were trying to play mind games. They were trying to play psychological warfare games with me. Okay? They didn't They didn't know who they were playing with. They didn't know who they were playing with. They didn't know they had James Bond living downstairs. <laughs> I open it. This note was written in my mom's writing. And all it said... It was just a question. She prompted me with a question. She wrote, Is this really the path you want your life to go down? Dot, 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 question mark. Oh my. Oh my lanta. I sat there, again, I was like, I kind of want to laugh and I kind of want to scream at the same time because this is hella cringy. Because I started thinking back and I was, the dots were connecting in my mind. I was like, oh, 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 
oh, I get it now. I, I get the suspicion and uh, I get them putting pressure on me to confess now because they were waiting for me to find this note. I tell you, that shit rocked my world. Because now, it was even funnier that I'd found it after the fact because I now knew that when my mom was asking me the question, is this really the path you want your life to go down? She was sitting there writing that note, probably crying, assuming that her child had become a crack user. (laughs) More importantly, I literally had to tell them, I was like, Do you really think that I'm sitting here getting straight A's, doing competitive sport training six days a week, going to jazz band before school, all while high on crack? You really, I I was like, think about it. Do you really think that that was a possibility? Did you really think that low of me? (laughs) Did you think that low of me? I laugh about it now. But that was earth-shatteringly hilarious and terrifying. What do you smoke out of that thing? Crack? Well, that was that. (laughs) In all of its glory, that was that. You now know that, hey, I mean, on a positive stance, hey, Think of it as a positive success story in that you too could be a high-functioning skid degenerate. Is it something I recommend? No, absolutely not. Learn from my mistakes. I would recommend, really, that you learn from my mistakes, but I can't tell you what to do at the end of the day. (laughs) You gotta make your own choices, my little bean sprouts. So, my granola friends... I hope you've enjoyed listening to me embarrass myself and divulge every painful private detail of hmm, my delinquent years, perhaps I could say. But, you know, I hope that you could find joy in my pain. (laughs) I hope you found comedy in my experience with an intervention. And I hope you were blindsided as much as I was by that plot twist of a statement that my parents hit me with. That's all we got for today. Tune in again next week for some more pure comedy gold about real world issues. Mm, I might fuck around and make that my new catchphrase. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>